0: Hang on, me saying I'm going to break you, woman, is that a bad thing? <laughs> no, okay. no, 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 no. All right, no. You know, no. I just, I never know anything. No, I'm
1: like, David, I'm like a wild horse. I can't be broken. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, I'm David Leet, the founder of the website Leet's Culinario and the author of The New Portuguese Table and the memoir Notes on a Banana.
1: And I'm Amy Traverso, food editor at Yankee Magazine, co-host of the public television show Weekends with Yankee, and author of The Apple Lovers Cookbook.
0: And we're your hosts of Talking With My Mouthful, a podcast about food, food food-adjacent topics, things that pique our interest. And in this episode, we've got a lot of things to get off our chest. And if you remember, two episodes ago, Amy confessed a strange and unholy and unnatural aversion to potatoes, of all things. And after that conversation, we realized both of us had more confessions to make to you. So please forgive us, we were both raised Catholic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And now it's mailbag time! time. That worked for me. Did it sound right for you? Oh, God, I don't know why this is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we just have a couple of fun comments from some of our Patreon community members. Leanne Nunez said, Hello, Amy and David. I am glad to help and look forward to your next edition. I really enjoy your podcast. I have a goofy smile on my face while listening. You both are so funny. Love it. That's so nice.
0: If she saw the goofy smiles we have on our face recording these things. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And Deb Filioli says, Happy to support you. Need to keep you and David producing your podcast. It spreads joy, and we all need more joy in today's world. So thank you.
1: That is so true. It Boy, is. do we need more joy. Thank you, Deb, and thank you, Leanne. That's just, it's just such a boost to we hear really that. We really appreciate thank you for your it. support. Yeah. So David, how was your food fortnight?
0: So my food fortnight has been very interesting. I have gone old school, total Ooh. old school. I have made cocoa vin. Mm. I have made stroganoff. I have made veal piccata. I know people have some issues with veal, but I did do veal. I haven't eaten veal in about five or six years, but Mm -hmm. I made veal piccata and they were all great. All the recipes Mm. either are on the site or will soon be on the site. And it was just wonderful to just go real old school, nice wintry kind of food. And I loved it. But what's interesting, it wasn't a food that I made, but it really plays into today's theme of confessions I have read, <laughs> or am reading actually, Castellet Confessions by Sylvie Ooh. Bigger. Do you know her, Sylvie
1: Bigger? Yes, yes, yes.
0: Wonderful, wonderful writer. And I'll tell you, if you like Castellet, if you like travel, if you like France, if you like dysfunctional families, I suggest you read the book. It, is, it blends things so seamlessly. And you kind of go, wow, I didn't think someone would pack all this into a book about Castellet. Mm-hmm. She uses it as a real metaphor about her life and about traveling and about mm. her memories of her childhood back in Geneva and I'm thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it. So again it's called Castle Lake Confessions by Sylvie Bigger.
1: Wow. David that begs the question, are there functional families? You know, we 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 <laughs> yeah, refer offhandedly question. to dysfunctional. Like are there therapists who are like, you know, that's a really functional family actually. Yeah,
0: I don't think that they would be going to therapists.
1: <laughs> they wouldn't be going to, but like, what if they know them socially? Like, what a functional family. Maybe. I, I mean, of course, I want to believe that I have a functional family. You know, oh, that my, I'm like such a great uh, mom. I don't. And we're all very functional. Wicked
0: dysfunctional. I think Adam probably has a very functional family. <laughs> yeah. Is your family functional, Adam? I mean, I, I keep the kids alive every day with my wife's help, between two of us. I that don't is. think food, clothing, and shelter is, I mean, that is good. I mean, congratulations. But, but we work hard at it. <laughs> I don't think that's the definition of like incredible function. Uh, but um, that's good. No, I don't know any functional family.
1: I can't, I can't, I guess you can't really know until everybody makes it to adulthood and yeah. you see what kind of marks you left yeah, as exactly. a parent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I wonder if you could sue your parents for all the money you had to spend on therapy <laughs> for their upbringing, what they, how they, up,
1: they raised you. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, my food fortnight, thank you for asking Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I was so caught up no, in my own. I'm totally kidding. I'm the one who railroaded, I, I railroaded you did. the conversation. You totally yeah.
0: railroaded that. Okay, Amy, how was your food fortnight?
1: Well, I had a great few days in New York City over That's the weekend. Right. It was really fun to go down there. I spent the night of my life at Marie's Crisis singing Broadway tunes oh, with a bunch of like my, Broadway quality my singers. Sister gaze oh. My sister
0: gays down there. My sister gays.
1: It was amazing. It was, it just was heaven. We actually sang the pianist chose to do a couple of numbers from Sunday in the Park with George. Oh. And so we sang the song Sunday. It oh. was like, I was crying. It was so it's beautiful. It's a beautiful.
0: Did you get up and sing individually?
1: <sighs> well, like every, no, no, no. But everybody's just singing around the piano. And mm-hmm. a lot of them seem to be like legitimately good, like Broadway caliber singers. Oh, whether or not they are. Act- yeah. Oh my God. And so it was just fun to be kind of at the back of the group, you know, doing my <laughs> I best was to like- there- I one time long.
0: with a bunch of friends, this is a long time ago, and I sing okay, not great. And they were doing Suddenly Seymour, is being oh. beside you from uh, Little Shop of Horrors. So I'm yeah. singing my heart out, and everyone is around me it must have done this on cue and they planned it. They all stopped singing at once. So there's <laughs> this one off note <laughs> singer, and it was me so embarrassed.
1: Well, I was definitely doing a little bit of like Sunday in the beautiful waters and the the stream at us. (laughs) Oh, I I love it. (laughs) So, So how about food? But anyway, we ate. Yeah. Yeah. So, this, this, an interesting question was raised. Mm. So, uh, we were, there's a restaurant in. There's one in Tribeca and one in Soho called Mari Luna. It's mm-hmm. And it is like a good Italian neighborhood restaurant. It is nothing that's going to get like big awards, but it's there's like several dishes on there that we love. And it's just kind of comfortable to go back there. And the service is really nice. And I like the environment, whatever, mm-hmm. we go there. And so- My sister in law was asking, like, "Well, what is you know, what do you like about this restaurant?" I was like, "It's just it's like a great neighborhood restaurant that has really good Italian food." And she said, "Well, what's a neighborhood restaurant?" And it Mm. was such a good question.
0: That is a so. What is your answer?
1: My answer was. It's a restaurant that isn't so incredible that it becomes a destination restaurant, right? but it's so good that the people in the neighborhood love it and it's their go-to and it just has this like nice steady stream of business. And it's not always like trying to reinvent the wheel. It does certain things really well. Yeah. How about you? What do you think?
0: I think that's true. And as a matter of fact, when we were in Paris for our 30th anniversary, I hit up Dory Greenspan. And I said, Mm. just give me a restaurant that I said, I just want a local place that you go to that you love. And she said, I will give it to you, but you cannot write about (laughs) it. You cannot social media it. Okay. You cannot mention its name and I will not divulge it here. We went and you could have written a play about this place. There was this one table, this man and this woman, she's like a Miss Havisham. She had this outrageous, outrageous costume on and her husband slash gay boyfriend, I don't know if she realized (laughs) that he was gay, had this outrageous like tight fitting sort of like glittery pants, pants suit thing. And Uh there were other people, we were the only foreigners there. The food was very good and very serviceable. The one was not blown away. I really enjoyed right. it. It was simple and I loved it. And so yeah. much so that I want to go again, but I won't divulge it. To me, that's what a neighborhood place is. Sadly, I had to go all the way to Paris to get it because in yeah. Connecticut, there's nothing. And <laughs> right. in the Upper West Side, there are a lot of them.
1: But yeah.
0: they, they all are a little too hip. And I don't yeah. think a neighborhood restaurant should be hip.
1: Right, I just don't right. think so. There it's is just, one
0: in, on 68th and I think it's Columbus or 68th and Broadway called um, La Boite and Bois. And it's ooh, a little French restaurant.
1: And yeah. it just,
0: it's one of those serviceable, good yeah. French restaurants. And I, to me, that's the closest of what I think of as like a little neighborhood restaurant.
1: Well, speaking of the Upper West Side, we were staying around 77th and Broadway. Mm. And I went to, I found this, Breakfast delight. It was such a delight. Combine two of my favorite things. It was a gougere filled with soft scrambled eggs that I got at Daily Provisions, which is like sure. a small right? around chain, the corner right? from like where we live. go-to. Oh, okay. So I was really close to you. Yeah. And oh my God, that was so good. Yeah. Like a cheesy shoe pastry filled with scrambled eggs as like kind of a protein, but a little bit of carb breakfast. And they,
0: but they fill it just before giving it to you. Yeah. Because they so want it to warm. remain crunchy and everything and not uh. be soggy.
1: Yeah, so I love good. daily provisions. Yeah, it's great.
0: And now over to our intrepid reporters, Amy and David at the news desk.
1: Okay, hold the line. Wait, sorry, Adam. I'm actually, thank you for that cue, but I'm going to do a little bit of a departure from food news this week because last week after reading some really painful food writing, I posted a list of words on oh, my Instagram feed. do tell. Who feed.
0: wrote it? Do
1: tell. <laughs> it was, uh, well, <laughs> I don't want to say. Anybody but it was, we uh, know? Nobody we know. Okay. <laughs> it was actually a series. It was honestly, I was reading Instagram captions. Oh, And okay. it's not like the world's best writing, right? Even my stuff. I dash it off. It's not Absolutely. well thought out. So. I posted on my Instagram, which is at Amy Traverso, a list of words that I would love to ban from all food related pros. Mm. And boy, did people have opinions to share. And they were so good and so funny that I just, I had to share these with everybody. So um, I have uh, my list here that I wrote and let me just read it to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Brothy drives me crazy. And it's i just think it's overused it's not that it's so t- first of all it isn't a word it isn't actually a word in the dictionary but i it's have to also look that
0: one up excuse me
1: heavily heavily overused mm-hmm. toothsome drives me nuts okay. pillowy i used to like it i, I used feel like it the- <laughs> i know episode. i know last you episode must have been you're about. no i i just it's like cayenne pepper it's like used sparingly and it's just a little bit of zest in your writing mm-hmm. but it's overused and it's just painful. It feels like purple press. Okay. The other phrase is like blank to perfection. Like in a restaurant yeah. review, the chicken was grilled to perfect. Ah! I hate right? the word perfection. I hate <laughs> oh, or
0: perfect. It's a perfect yeah. accompaniment. I don't like
1: it. Yeah. Okay. Guilty slash sinful. Hate that. Like food is neutral. It's not good yeah. or bad. Uh Boat. As a, first, okay, boite as a substitute for like a restaurant with a bar or a restaurant with really good cocktails. It's not even accurate. Like a boite is a specific type of nightclub if you're talking about the French word. Right. So you can't, so it's usually used incorrectly. And I, it just feels a little bit like trying to be fancy. Okay, ambrosial, not a big fan of ambrosial. No, me, I hate not ambrosia.
0: I'm sorry, people in the South, <laughs> yes. I don't like ambrosia. So ambrosial doesn't have any kind of... Like positive yeah. quality to me,
1: tasty. Just overused. Yeah. Tasty, luscious. Guilty. Oh, I use it. I have used it. I, I that's love the thing. luscious. I, I'm not. I'm not innocent in all this. Well,
0: uh, I cookery. love luscious. No, nope. and I love lappable. Lappable. Oh, not oh, even God. a word. Lappable. Oh, oh the, the chocolate hate sauce it. was lappable. Oh, lappable.
1: I picture a dog at a bowl.
0: Lappable. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, I find that laughable, David. Uh, cookery. <laughs> saying Cookery. Like, oh, Chef Smith is a master of Tuscan cookery. Mm. Frisan, A frison of spice. Well, it's frison not frison. On,
0: pi- it's frison. frison.
1: And then the last one was swoon-worthy.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I this know.
1: Chocolate, the chocolate sauce was absolutely swoon-worthy.
0: swoon-worthy.
1: Okay, um, so those were mine. Mm-hmm. And then people jumped in with... And there was a consensus. There there was a quorum around certain words. Jammy, hated. Mouthfeel, they hate. Hate
0: that, yeah.
1: Depth of flavor, they feel was no. overused. Overused. And then a lot of people, a lot of people hate the word moist. I
0: Explain this to me. I
1: don't understand the hate for moist.
0: I don't have a problem with moist.
1: How else are you supposed this- to say? Like properly hydrated? Exactly. There's no synonym <laughs> the for cake moist. cake was
0: properly hydrated. <laughs> <laughs>
1: People say it's sort of a visceral, cringy word, but I -hmm. I just, I find it so useful that I I don't go there with it. Mm -hmm. Okay, David, do any of these words resonate for you? Do you hate any of them? Do you have your uh, other words of your own? Well,
0: I don't have any other words of my own because you kind of sprung this on me. So I had never seen this and I didn't see your Instagram. Not that I'm not always (laughs) trolling you on Instagram all the time. But I did see this and I knew that you were... (laughs) I thought, okay, you might use this. So I didn't look at it. I don't have a problem with brothy. Don't like toothsome. Uh, pillowy, like I said, I used in the last episodes mm-hmm. and I don't mind little pillows of gnocchi or something. Uh, yeah. And the rest of them, yeah. But there is something that I saw today because I was out shopping and it, this has driven me crazy for years and years. It's just bad grammar. When they say 10 items or less, when you're out in the shopping, uh
1: huh. Oh, are you that person? I am. Are that you that per- girl? Yes,
0: I am that girl. That girl. That girl. Yes, I love that show. Yes, I am that it's, girl.
1: Excuse me. Um, excuse me. <laughs> it's ten items or fewer. That's exactly
0: it. It is ten <laughs> items or fewer, or ten, ten, ten or fewer items. It's not less. Oh. Less is a quantity of something. Would you right. like? Would you like more or less chocolate mousse? I would like more. Would you mm-hmm. like more? Would you like more or fewer dollars? I would like more dollars. You would know? you
1: be? Would you like to be more or less of a fuddy duddy?
0: I would like to be less of a fuddy duddy, but I'm not going to be improperly <laughs> grammatic. <laughs> so that that just came to mind today when I was shopping. So I don't have any other. I know that Russ. Uh, Oh God, what is his name? He was the LA Times, Russ Parsons. I remember Russ Parsons going on a tirade about the word a top. So if a top. the butter was a top, the steak. The potato, yeah, right. Or the potato, a top, he hated a top. And ever since then, I've never done a top. I stopped that 20 years ago. Right, right. I just never well, wrote someone- a top again.
1: When someone wrote back that they hated the term depth of flavor, I had literally just written, I I had literally just written like a blurb with, and I was like, delete, 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 delete. Well, I often will say
0: layers of flavor.
1: Yeah, layers of flavor. And they play, I
0: always say things like, you know, the layers of flavor play nicely together, or the vinegar plays nicely together with something. I do kind of like the idea of playing nicely together. Um, Yes. But I don't mind jammy. I think jammy, if something is jammy, like if you've got, I don't know, something that's like jammy. It's jammy.
1: <laughs> All right, let me just say, yeah, the jammy can be really useful, especially when you're talking about like eggs, you know, yeah. that, that wonderful texture. It, it's just, I think that it's certain words catch on, like certain names catch on yeah. in certain decades, yeah. you know, Parker and Zachary and whatever. So I think it's just, we need, maybe we need to just pause with jammy and brothy for like a year mm-hmm. and then bring it back. Um, But Dory Green, you mentioned Dory Greenspan uh, earlier. She actually weighed in. She said, when did plush become a word to describe food? Really? Yeah. Uh, She said, I admit to being fine with moist. I think it truly describes some food. And I like luscious. Thank you, Dory. Yeah. It did make me rethink. Uh, Several people were like, what's wrong with luscious? And yeah, yeah, I guess maybe it's not that bad. interesting when
0: she says plush. Also, some people don't like the word lush.
1: Now, I think lush...
0: can describe food too.
1: What uh, about crisp or crispy? A I think, people I think also that's completely
0: crispy. appropriate. What do you say? Yeah. Shatteringly, what you know? It's something sharp. is sharp. Yeah, you know it's it's, it's yeah. In the same way, like I will say, there's one that I I hate. I do use it because I I just get lazy and tired. Is delicious.
1: Yeah. Well, Susie Middleton weighed in on that. She, oh, said after, yeah, she said after 30 years of using delicious, I pretty much given up on mm-hmm. reinventing that wheel. Like there's no better word.
0: Than delicious. And people know yeah. what it means. Like, you know, yeah. it, I I make up language. I mean, Shakespeare did too. So I'm in good company, but I will say mm-hmm. things like fantabulous. The mm-hmm. chocolate mousse was fantabulous, <laughs> you right. know, or a, a fantabulous texture. So I, I make up some things and, and that really pisses off some people. Right, they right. really don't like that I do that. Oh,
1: it's the fun of you. Yeah, screw them. <laughs> I like to make up my own
0: language. But frisson, <laughs> where did frisson ever come? Like the I frisson between the something and the something. Because that, frisson means that there's like, friction between two things, right? But something can't taste frisson. It's
1: emotional. Yeah, it's not like, you can't really say like a frisson of chili or something. And if you're getting like a hard-on for
0: some food, I mean, really, you need to see a therapist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, another person said, why are we talking about sexy in reference to food? People are sexy, food is not sexy. Mm, That's not true. Well, That's not true. There are certain foods that are truly sexy. The connection in our brains between food and sex is... Deep and uh, And vestigial and lasting, yeah.
0: Vestigial, vestigial, right? Vestigial. Okay.
1: Well, are you ready? Are you ready for your confession?
0: (laughs) Oh boy, I'll tell you. You better have some good ones because I am. Okay. Okay. I rake the bottom of the barrel for you. (laughs)
1: Okay, I'll start. Adam, can you throw on some like organ music, like something Catholic sounding here?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know. So, Amy, you know, two episodes ago, you said something that honestly shook. My world, and I haven't recovered from. You said you that you up. do not like potatoes, which is <laughs> potatoes are just something that is I cannot live without. I eat a good two or three times a week. I'm not getting good. I'm not going to reopen that wound.
1: But okay, I did. Okay, caveat. In, in, a, in certain forms. I love French fries. I love tater tots. I love gnocchi. I just don't get mashed potatoes oh. or, or potato salad or boiled potatoes. Oh. I just don't get it. So when you All came
0: right. to our house this summer and we had that wonderful party with everybody and the one had his
1: famous
0: potato salad.
1: No, that was delicious. Wasn't it? There are some. You yes. used
0: the word Delicious. Oh. <laughs>
1: Did you was, have a frisson was, reaction was, to
0: his potato it, salad?
1: I did have a frisson of excitement around that potato salad. It was luscious. It was. It was toothsome. It was lappable. <laughs> <laughs> it was deeply savory with layers of flavor. And it really uh, no, is something
0: more I, than the Hellman's uh, <laughs> potato with, salad. No,
1: with potato salad, it's more, it's not that I dislike it. I, I, lo- I If it's a good one, I'll really enjoy yeah. it. It's just that I don't crave it. Oh but that God. one I was, I thought, oh, this is good. I'm having more. So, I have yeah, eaten.
0: Do you know, when I was losing weight, I would eat one meal a day and you know, this is like when I was young, thin and beautiful. Mm-hmm. When I, I was young, fat and beautiful. Then I became young, thin and beautiful. Um, <laughs> I'd have one meal a day and it was mashed potatoes with pureed broccoli, pureed cauliflower, pureed Uh carrots. And that was, that's all I had once a day.
1: And a side of shame.
0: That was all I had. No shame for me. (laughs) I was dropping the pounds like you couldn't believe. I just, I would go to potatoes above anything.
1: Wow. Yeah, so well, anyway, see, that, as you
0: see, it rocked my world.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, I know. And I, I'm, I'm. It, well, it's my truth and I stand by it. I know. And
0: so apparently that really got you going because you came to me shamefully when you texted me and said that you had a lot more to confess. And I, I said do. to you, I don't want to know, just surprise me. <laughs> and I really mean this girl. You better really totally <laughs> shock me because I, like I said, I, I scraped the bottom of the barrel for you.
1: Okay, well, I'm I'm going to start with some other food aversions that okay. may shock you. Okay. I have mixed feelings about tomatoes.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I do too. You do? I do, absolutely. Because
1: it's because you have so many bad ones, mm-hmm. you know, like you have so many of those mealy pink winter tomatoes mm-hmm. growing up. The cotton
0: candy that ones, yeah.
1: Even when you have, like, I of course I love a beautiful, ripe, fresh off the vine summer tomato, mm-hmm. but tomatoes are not, people don't use tomatoes as expertly. How do I put this? They use them more than they know how to use them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, It might be a tomato sauce that's way too acidic or an underripe tomato. But yeah, give me a sun gold tomato right off the vine. I'm so happy. A beautiful, fresh tomato salad in the summer. But there's so many bad tomatoes out there that- And for me,
0: it's the texture. Yeah. Yeah. The goo in between. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The goo's got to go.
1: The goo with the seeds. The goo's got to
0: go. When the goo goes, I can eat it. But when there's all that gooey saliva, tomato saliva, yeah, 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 okay, cannot a tomato snot. There we go. Yeah, it's even better. Right. Mm -mm. Right. Okay. All
1: right. Hate. I really hate whipped cream. I hate it. I'm just going to let that stand there for a second. I just,
0: I just have to cover this microphone and just, (laughs) I just, I don't understand you.
1: I need you to make space for my feelings, David. Can you hold space for that?
0: How can you call yourself a food person? Adam, I mean, please help me. Back me up here. This podcast is over. Whipped cream is- It leaves
1: is, this film over your mouth. And
0: obviously you are, you're you just—you're are a reptile because you're like no body heat. It shouldn't because <laughs> it should just melt. Oh my God. So you don't put heavy cream into your mashed potatoes then?
1: Oh God. Well, no, uh, I uh, put, maybe half and half, maybe half and I half. I
0: put about a cup of whipped-
1: but I don't even eat mashed potatoes.
0: I know well then you I'm gonna I'm gonna break you. I'm gonna <laughs> break you, woman. You're gonna come here and I'm gonna give you mashed potatoes with a cup of heavy cream and a stick uh-huh. of butter and oh, you God. will never turn back.
1: You no, know, I have perfect. had the Joelle Robuchon, like yes. Pump Pure, yeah. and those were amazing. Those really were amazing. <laughs> Let me stop for a second. Okay.
0: Me, hang on. Me saying I'm going to break you, woman, is that a bad thing?
1: <laughs> no, okay. no,
0: no, 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 no. All right. No, you know, no. I just, I never know. Anymore. No, I'm like,
1: David, I'm like a wild horse. I can't be broken. <laughs> 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 okay I'm gonna go let me let me race through let me race through the rest of them candy most candy could take it or leave it mm-hmm. I do love Ferrero Rochers and like really good truffles and things like that. But like candy as a rule, eh. Yeah, yeah. Creamy chocolate things. And in fact, many chocolate desserts, yeah. I don't, like chocolate decadence cake, chocolate mousse, mm. ugh, I just don't get it. I'm a fruit dessert person. And the last one is stuffed peppers. Now, David, your face is very red at this point <laughs> and you look like you're not really breathing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's. I think it's not so much the chocolate or the whipped cream. I think it's a texture thing for you.
1: Yeah. I think
0: it's a texture, not a flavor yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mousses and, and whipped cream. It's, it's not. Yeah. I don't love that texture. Yeah.
0: And so that's, you know, that I can understand a lot more than when you say, I don't like potatoes or I don't like whipped cream. I think uh-huh. it's the texture because the flavors are extraordinary. I mean, they just, right. I mean, they're icons of the culinary world. But <laughs> texture, I can understand that certain textures cannot take.
1: Okay. So how about you? What are your aversions? Well, I mean,
0: I like I said I really dug down deep in my soul, so you better have better things coming up.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: You cannot think less of me with what I'm going to say. Okay. And Adam, considering our <laughs> our past when it comes to sourdough bread, you cannot think less of me either. I have used. <laughs> <laughs> I have used commercial yeast in my sourdough <laughs> when I don't get enough of a rise, <laughs> which is the biggest no-no in the sourdough community. It is I, so would be, I would be expelled, but I have done, it. and in my defense, Apollonia Poire in her book, tells you to start that way. But my starter... <laughs> I left in the refrigerator for three months, and I tried to get it going, and it was flat as could be, so I just basically said, I'm not going through another 10 days of trying to get the starter going. I'm just going to give it all yeast and start from there, and then it can be sourdough, and I have even worse, I have shared... My sourdough start, my sourdough (laughs) bread online on social media, and it hasn't been 100% sourdough. Not all of them, but some of them.
1: (laughs) David, you are out of the sourdough Academy of Arts and Sciences. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's why I said you better come up with other things besides things you just don't like to David,
1: eat. David, I just threw out my my pandemic sourdough <laughs> starter. Yeah. I just, I can't. It's like the neediest child. <laughs> it is the I child narcissist. who never I don't need stops. something
0: needing me that much, and you know, it's it just, doesn't
1: hug you. It doesn't it, snuggle it, it, you. It doesn't, it doesn't tell doesn't me how great say, I Mommy, am. I love it you. Doesn't. No. It's no. no. I'm I I, I, you know, David, I actually did it once. I did I did try to revive my sourdough habit by adding commercial yeast (laughs) and it did work, but I just I gave up on it. And that's why this like artisan bread in five minutes a day is so good. I have but it's not sourdough.
0: Sourdough so many times, but I have never told anybody that I actually shared it (laughs) online and said sourdough and it was partially sourdough. So (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a little embarrassing. Like I said, I mean, that right there, I think, is equals everything you just said. Um, oh, So uh, do you want to go okay. next or should I go again?
1: Um, well, I want to share some disgusting – I have disgusting breakfast cravings. Okay. Now, I I resist them most of the time because I know I feel better if I eat protein for breakfast. But here's yeah. – Here are my dream breakfast foods. Brown sugar Pop-Tarts microwaved for about seven seconds Mm -hmm. and honey smack cereal or even better... The off brand golden puff cereal <laughs> made by Multimeal. <laughs> they come in a plastic bag, and I can only find them at Walgreens. <laughs> I have eaten those to the point of abdominal distress. They are so good. They have this. This shatteringly crisp um, coating <laughs> of, like, some sort uh, of sugar product right? that when you bite into them, they crunch. Oh, they're so good. Oh, should be. I love should
0: mock them. up a cover of the National Enquirer and have it seeing you at Walgreens, <laughs> you know, sneaking them into your, your trench coat.
1: They're so, they're so Boston janky Boston food you writer. can't even buy them at a supermarket because they're not food. It, it, they're pharmaceutical-grade sugar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my so, but, gosh! Oh, yeah, God. yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. How about you?
0: Like I said, I really, I, I, you know, I really should change all of these, but I'm gonna commit no, to I it. No, I feel
1: like you think yours are way more dramatic <laughs> than they are. I'm not that shocked by the sourdough. Uh, okay. Okay. Keep going. I have
0: served. Expired half and half to my guests.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, that reminds me of one. Oh, that reminds me of one. <laughs> I just realized there was
0: nothing left and they wanted something creamy. And I'm like, okay, I shook it up really hard and I, I, I strained it through a sieve and then I served
1: it. <laughs> oh my God, that reminds me of three stories. <laughs> It reminds me of three stories. Okay, one time I was doing a cooking demo, Uh and um, I was making these like rolled up. Lasagna rolls, oh yeah, this I back love like Yeah, yeah. And I had to make a bechamel sauce, and at this place where I was doing the demo, there was a, there, I brought my own milk for the bechamel, <laughs> but there was an there was another jug of milk that was completely <laughs> expired, and I grabbed that one by mistake, and I made the bechamel. Was this on TV? <laughs> no, it was just oh. like a live oh, demo, at, it at was a store a back when they used to do those. Yeah. And I made the whole thing, and then I kind of bit into it. I was like, and it's delicious. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. I have a couple of really, really uh, real powerhouses. Mm-hmm. Do you have another one?
0: Uh, no, I, I, I need to s- space mine out I don't <laughs> okay. think I have as many as okay, yours. Okay.
1: This one is probably – I don't even know if I should say this one. Yes, you should. Because I've set myself up. Okay. One time I was doing an Apple demo, an Apple tasting and I had to slice a lot of apples really quickly oh, for a bigger than average crowd. I know
0: where you're going with this, I And think. I was using
1: a mandolin. Yeah, I know where
0: you're going with this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I sliced the tip of my finger clear off, blood all over the apples. And I promise I did my best best to <laughs>
0: to find the pieces
1: to pull out all of the apples that had blood on them and the skin Did you find the skin I really no, but I, I took the entire layer of apples that were in any, like I went back 10 minutes into the slicing and I threw them all out. I am sure that I got them all, but then like I, I had to like wrap it really tightly because it was a bad one and I had to be on stage. Uh-huh. So I, I wrapped it so tight in a bandaid, like cut off all the blood to that finger and then put on a rubber glove which <laughs> slowly filled with, with blood. blood. What? I was doing too. the test? Oh, it's just, Disgusting when that happens. I know it didn't leak. I swear I have not, and I have no bloodborne diseases. I didn't get anybody sick, but it's so disgusting. But these honestly are the things that happen, right? They yeah. happen in they kitchens. Do they happen all the time. They in, do. On I TV. have been in professional
0: kitchens when that has happened. <laughs> you know, of course, what they do there—they got 18 people. They throw all of it out. All day 18 are slicing apples, and that's different right. when it's just you. Oh my God, yeah. I don't think I've lost body parts at any of the food. Right, Um, right. But uh, yeah, that is, uh, oh good, I feel better now because that is pretty revolting. So um, (laughs) speaking of revolting, this isn't really kitchen, but um you know how they have in stores like open bins of maybe pistachios or cookies and it's you know, you it's it's like wholesalely kind of thing, right? Right, right. Well when I was a child, my mother does not want me to tell the story, but my grandfather, her father, taught me how to shoplift. And so uh-uh. we would go to the Brock's. Remember Brock's had these Carts. It looked like, like a, a cart with two wheels and two handles, and uh-huh. they'd have all their candies in it. So he taught me how to shoplift. You take one, put it, you know, put it in your pocket, go by, take another one, pop one in your mouth. So I was at a nearby store, I shall not say which one, and I was shopping, and they had this open cart of all these cookies, like sandwich cookies and all these marvelous cookies. And I thought, oh God, I really I really want a cookie and I don't want to have to pay for them. So I took one and I popped it in my mouth and I kept on walking and it was the most vile tasting cookie (laughs) I'd ever had. And so I spat it out and then I went back to see what brand it was that I was never going to buy. And they were dog treats. (laughs) I ate a dog treat. <laughs> <laughs> they had shaped them as like human cookies. And so I had eaten dog treats. And it was, it, it, it still is traumatizing to me. This is, you know, it, it really is embarrassing to say that I ate a dog treat. But um, yeah, <gasps> oh, that is, uh, I've never told that uh, to anyone. And so here we are, the world will now know that I've eaten dog treats.
1: <laughs> say 10 uh. <John> Hail Marys. <laughs> 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 and do not go forth and don't sin again. <laughs> okay, the last one. Oh, this is the last gross one. This was before I was really an experienced cook. And I had just met my husband and I was absolutely besotted. And it was his birthday and I wanted to make the best birthday cake. And I spent all day making this homemade birthday cake. And at the time, and it was a vanilla cake with chocolate frosting. Yeah. And at the time... I lived in this former tenement, like barely no longer a tenement Mm -hmm. in the north end of Boston. And the hallway had not been cleaned in decades. I mean, it was just, but the rent was cheap and it was actually very nice. The landlord was very sweet and we just lived there. It was like such a crazy bargain in this amazing location. So... I was always running late at that point in my life and I was running late for his birthday party. Mm -hmm. So I'm running down the stairs with the cake and it (laughs) flips off the cake stand and lands frosting side down on the floor (laughs) of this disgusting tenement entryway. (laughs) So I didn't know what to do because I was so panicked like because he was already annoyed with me because I had been late a few times. So I just picked it up and I ran up to my apartment and I like scraped off as much of the like cat hair (laughs) (laughs) and like sand from the last winter (laughs) and rock salts. And I just like I just went and I went and like. Oh. There, there were little like crunchy gritty bits in the <laughs> frosting. Nobody said anything. <laughs> God, oh, that, panic that will reminds make us me. Too. Actually, one uh. that I did not
0: write down, but <clears throat> you know, I, one of the things I did write down is uh, whenever we travel, no matter where we go in the world, and we're talking South America, Europe, uh, Asia, anywhere, Ooh. I always go to a McDonald's. I always eat in McDonald's because I want to see what the local, you know, McDonald's is like. So that's Mm -hmm. not too bad. But I love McDonald's fries. And I have on more than one occasion been cleaning the car and find like a French fry or two on the the floor. And, (laughs) you know, if I'm alone, I have like... (laughs) in my mouth if I'm hungry. I have done that. I, you know, I I have a food issue. We know that. I mean, Oprah Winfrey had nothing in her house. I remember her telling the this story, except stale hot dog rolls and maple syrup.
1: And I remember, remember the story. Yes. And then
0: she poured the maple syrup on the hot dog rolls and ate them. So, um, yeah, I have done that. Um, and uh, so some of the, are you done with yours? Is that
1: it? I have a, no, I, have a, okay. I had a couple more. Okay. <clears throat> This Here's is, I one mean, I'm really
0: wondering, should we make this like a special one only for <laughs> subscribers?
1: Maybe this should be, <laughs> actually. Should be. I think this maybe should be. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, this one is more sincere, and I think you'll relate to this. Of the many reasons that I love Ina Garten, I love her for this. She. Someone asked her in an interview once, why do you think people love you so much? And she said... I think it's because cooking doesn't come easily for me. It's work. And she basically said, and it informs how I show people how to cook because mm. it's not this like simple. I'm not like an athlete in the kitchen. I actually have to work at it. Right. And I relate to that so much because I really came to food writing through the writing. Me too, And exactly. then became a recipe developer and i've done it for a long time and i think i'm i'm pretty good and rigorous with that but it never feels like you never went like, to culinary school. No, i but, didn't go to culinary nor did school. I. Yeah.
0: And
1: uh and it you know i took culinary classes at a culinary school but i didn't do the full yeah,
0: program. It's exactly with me. And
1: yeah. you did that too, right? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and so i don't feel like Michael Jordan on the basketball court when I'm cooking. And I think it makes me write better recipes, but it also means that I think I'll always feel a little bit of imposter syndrome. And it's just, it's work. And it's, it's, so it's, I wonder sometimes if I were a therapist or a famous Broadway singer, you know, would cooking feel like a total pleasure at the end of the day because it would be the thing I was doing to change gears from my job. Right, But because it is my job, it just feels like more work. Yeah. So like on the weekend, I enjoy cooking when I can like have some fun and relax and I'm not time pressed and I'm not tired. Yeah. But mostly during the week, it just feels like work, which I think makes me more sympathetic to the average cook. I
0: completely agree with you. And I, I will admit, I think I've said this many times on the show and other places, I have never made... (laughs) a meal where I did not screw up something. There's mm-hmm. always, and it's sometimes, and it's not usually just like, oh, I oversalted. Sometimes it is massive mistakes <laughs> that I just kind of hide or I right. just dump and people don't. But I've never made one of those meals where just everything is just extraordinary and mm-hmm. it was easy and fabulous. And I am just, you know, God's gift to cooking. It has never right. been that way for me. and I have that imposter syndrome too, very much like you. And I think it makes it makes me, at least people say to me, it makes me feel so much more authentic to them and they feel that they can relate. yeah, if that's kind of like my job on earth, then that's great. If I can make people feel better about the fact that they're just, they're good at what they do. I think I'm a very good writer. You
1: are very good and your recipes are very reliable. You know, but
0: I mean, the cooking stuff, I struggle less with baking. I struggle so much more with cooking.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm the same way.
0: The freelance with with cooking, you know, you will never see me do a roast on a live television show. And that's why (laughs) I've never auditioned. I've been asked, and this is, This is confession, but this isn't like a funny one. It's kind of sad. I've been asked many times to audition for those, you know, oh, greatest cooks in America. Right,
1: right, right. I've
0: always turned them down. right, Because I'm so embarrassed that, uh uh-oh, I'm going to be the first one kicked off the show (laughs) because my food (laughs) sucks. And so I've never auditioned because I just know that I just, I'm not going to be able to do it. Or I and think I've, I I've
1: been have been to, to a party at your house the food was exquisite. Oh, well, thank you. Um yeah. and I I know like I get good feedback when I people come over oh, for yeah. dinner well, and the, I know the but blueberry the, the
0: slab pie you made you brought to the oh, house was fabulous.
1: I think it's also a personality thing of like are you are you inclined to feel like an imposter or not? Oh, I don't yeah. Know, but yeah. Do you yeah. feel like an imposter Adam
0: at the studio? Do you feel yeah. like I'm not really a, an engineer? I'm a, I'm a <laughs> pretend engineer? <laughs> sure. <laughs> do you really? I didn't you? expect that. I yeah. know. Uh, really? I thought
1: you'd be like, like no, Sh-
0: shit, no. I'm a great <laughs> engineer. Are you kidding? Me? Oh, I think that's everywhere. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. 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 I feel
1: more confident as a writer than a yeah. Than so a do cook. I. I mean, I would yeah. rather tackle
0: anything, you yeah. know, than, than the idea of like trying to cook something in front of people. It's just so hard. That's why I you don't see me on social media that much with videos. Yeah. I just or and I'll tell you because I I shoot. And, and and all that stuff now for the website. And mm-hmm. the stress I feel when I'm doing if I'm making a cake, there's not a lot of stress I can do it over. But when I bought a $150 filet mignon that we were doing, mm-hmm. the stress of knowing that I had to get it right and I only had one chance, I could not get two right. for $300. <laughs> yes. The yes. stress I feel. And so by the time we get to eat it, I'm yeah. so exhausted, I don't wanna eat. You know? Right. So yeah, it's very hard being us.
1: <laughs> okay, one last embarrassing story. Do you remember Monresa? It was a 3 Michelin starred restaurant in California. No. It was like the t- temple of gastronomy. Mm-hmm. It was outside of San Francisco, but it really was in a food-centric town. Okay. Even though this was in Los Altos, it was the place. Okay. And it was tough to get a table. So I was working at Sunset Magazine back then, which was, you know, a pretty big magazine yeah, at the absolutely. time for the West West Coast. And my colleague and I needed to go check it out for a story and hoping to kind of game the system a little bit and get a table. She called specifically when they were closed yeah. from her office number. And then left that so that when they called back, they would know that she was calling from Sunset, Sunset Magazine and maybe they'd give us a reservation. And it worked. And so we got there with this understanding that they knew we were from there. Okay. Now... At that time, magazines were still pretty powerful and you'd get a lot of invites for free dinners. Yeah. So we were pretty unclear about whether this meal was going to be comped or not because mm-hmm. we had made the reservation. They hadn't invited us. But when the waitress came out, she said, chef would really love to cook for you tonight. Right. So are you open to that? And we were like, great. Yeah, we don't need to order. Right. So food starts coming out. And we're still like, is this cop or is this like, are we paying for this? Because I don't even know how this is gonna go. Right. And so then finally, toward the end of the meal, the mignardises come out, the little like petit fours and the coffee, and there's no bill. And usually the bill comes with the petty fours. It's like let's sweeten this deal. Here's a thousand dollar bill, but like we'll give you these free treats. Right. So at that point, we're like, okay, no, this is cop because, okay, and we're literally having this cop. We're like, they didn't give us a chance to choose the food, right? Right. So, and they, and there's no bill. So we (laughs) say to the waiter, can we please go back and thank the chef? So he says, uh, yeah, sure. So we go back, and the chef is standing there looking very confused. And we're we're fawning. We're like, "Thank you so much! That meal was incredible. <laughs> we appreciate it so much." And then he's like, "Uh huh. Okay. Well, I'm really glad you enjoyed it." And so then we go back to the dining room, collect our things, and walk out. Uh, the maitre d comes running after us.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> that's so embarrassing.
1: Madame, Madame, the bill, the bill. <laughs> Oh my God. That's oh my How much God, was it? Do you remember? We were, it was like $600. This is back then. My We were humiliated oh and, God. of course, panicking because now we have this massive bill that we're going to try to expense. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Because <laughs> we didn't bother to say, like, actually, we'd prefer to order all at car because we were playing this game of chicken with them about right. like, whether it was a free meal or not. So. We were so humiliated. We like, we went, we ran across the street and took like $1,000 of cash out and just like threw it on the table and ran away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Amy, I have two more items on my list and maybe someday... Privately, when we're oh, no, David, you can't do that. No. You
1: cannot. You cannot no. do that. No. Should we create like a super elite level of Patreon, like a thousand dollars a month? Yeah, if we and can you call can get that story. And we
0: can call it Amy <laughs> and David after dark.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Talking With My Mouthful is produced by Overt Studios and our producer is the very guilty, guilty of being a mensch, Adam Claremont. (laughs) You can reach Adam in Overt Studios at overtstudios.com.
0: And remember to follow Talking With My Mouthful wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And as we've been saying for quite a while now, we are self-funded. So if you want to continue the marvelous, joyous, serotonin-boosting show you've come to know and love, would you consider supporting us just like public media? You'll find a link to our Patreon page in the show notes for this episode or go directly to patreon.com forward slash With My Mouthful.
1: In fact, this episode is supported in part by our newest subscribers to Talking With My Mouthful Patreon. It's Luke, Marquis, and Janine who joined at our new $3 a month level. Mm. You are our latest big mouth angels and we love you. Ciao. Bye, David.
0: Free means that there's like friction between two things, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. Oh, wait a minute. No, I think I'm thinking no. of something else. Wait. Well, Fritage. No. Oh my god, no, we can't go there. Ah! We can't go there. We cannot put that in this episode. <laughs> we have, we have our blooper. <laughs>